0: Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 49, I am delighted to be joined by loud senior football captain, Sam Mulroy. On this episode, we chat about all things free-taking, ranging from technique to practice, mindset and so much more, and opening his own business, Sam Mulroy Fitness. I really enjoyed chatting with Sam, so I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sam, thanks a million for coming on the podcast.
1: Uh, hello, Aura. Thanks a million for having me. Thank you.
0: Before we get started, would you be able to give a bit of an introduction about yourself to the listeners who might not know who you are?
1: Yes. Um my name's Sam Roy. Um current Lead senior football captain. Um, I am twenty-three years old from Honest with you, County Lead. Um, I currently run um, my own fitness business called Sam Roy Fitness. Um, and yeah, that's basically me. And uh, nothing, nothing too exciting.
0: Very good. So we're going to go back to kind of growing up. When did the dream start of playing for Louth?
1: Um, I suppose ever since I was, I was a young and I started playing Gaelic. Um, when, as long as back as I can remember, I always loved Louth, and I always dreamed of of playing Louth. I would have always went to matches no matter where they were. My my grandad would have been a big football man, um, and like and my father is as well. So um, it's kind of in the family. Um. And look, we we travelled everywhere watching Loud um over the years and and we were lucky enough to have um two or three club men that would would have always represented um our club with Loud. So it was kind of always looking up to those to those lads playing and and that. So um the burning desire was there from when we were young and it was always a dream of mine. So thankfully I've got to fulfill that dream.
0: Brilliant. When did you start getting to get involved with the underage squads in Loud and kind of see that rea- that become a reality?
1: Yeah, so I, I got in when we were, I think we started at 13, 14 with with trials and South Loud and East Side and stuff like this. And then I would have been on the, on the underage squads the whole way up to to minor or 17 or whatever it was. So, um, no, I was always in and around, probably wasn't, um, as good as I am now, maybe in a sense of, I was never starting or I was kind of in around the fringes, first, second team kind of whenever, um, I was kind of, I was playing a little bit of soccer as well at the time, Mm -hmm. um done Kennedy Cup done the whole works when I was younger as well so and probably didn't take it as serious as maybe I could have or I should have um, and and it took me a little bit longer to develop but um, I got there in the end thankfully
0: Yeah exactly you were called into the loud senior squad at 18 talk us through that you're very young how did you find the whole experience of being called up and playing with really like what sounds like your dream
1: yeah, no, it was mental at the time. I think I was um I was only at minor. We'd we'd been beaten by Leash in the second round on the quarterfinal of the Leinster Championship at minor and um a week later obviously coming off that disappointment uh, disappointment, I was I was got a phone call off the senior manager asked me to come in. Obviously I couldn't play um due to having played the minor championship. Mm-hmm. So um that no, was great to get a call and I got up and we led senior team were preparing to play um Mead in the in the Leinster Championship a few weeks later so it was great to get to train with them and see what happens and um, building up to, to a big match like that so um, no, it, was a, it was an unreal experience and um, one that ha- I'll always be grateful um, for Colin Kelly for that to, to bring me in um, and especially at a young age it's great to see um, and learn off players and how to deal with big situations like that and, and it was a brilliant learning curve yeah
0: did any of the lads give you some advice coming into the team? And did you happen to sit in anyone's seat in the dressing room by any chance?
1: <laughs> um no, no, look, I got I got a bit of a voice, I was getting a voice here and there, but um, yeah, no i would have I don't know if I was driving at the time, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but we get getting lifted up with lads um, from from local enough. Um, my pop strats from another club brought me up to Parnell Park, we were training Parnell Park before that mead match, and like you just get chatting to boys like that way, and, and it's great that they take you in, and um, you're obviously a nervous wreck when you, as you said, walking into that dressing room and yeah. trying not to put a foot wrong, or <laughs> someone's going to slag you off, or something, or we'll make a fool you in some way, so yeah. it's just you're nearly too ca- you're nearly cautious more than anything walking into the dressing room, but no, it's a great laugh, and, and the boys are great, um, bring and we suppose bringing in Stuff like that, so um, I'll be thankful to them. And um, we'd we Craig Lynch on the on the team at that stage, um, who would have been established. Um, a county player at that stage. So now it's great to have the likes of them around you. To, to help you and give you a little bit of a and or kick up the hole every yeah. now and again, I suppose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk to you a little bit about Leaving Cert and uh, school and college. and just conscious a lot of younger listeners maybe listening. I think that's something we need to really discuss more for those younger people that might be listening. But talk us through your experience with school, the Leaving search, and getting into college, because I think you had an interesting read. You didn't really particularly enjoy school, you were saying before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was actually saying this on someone the other day that me mother and, myself, um, used to have serious fights. Um, school mornings <laughs> trying to get trying to get me to go home. Oh my God,
2: yeah.
1: um, used to be th. Tort- in used to be the house, and, and I uh, I have apologised since. But and yeah. um, now look, my my route to college and route to where I am, now wasn't um as straightforward as a, as it probably should have been. Um, I didn't like school. Um, didn't really didn't enjoy anything about it. I suppose um it never interested me. Um, and then I'd left school and done a, done a really bad leaving cert, to be honest with you. Um, never studied, didn't do anything about it, and uh, which is obviously a regret looking back. But mm-hmm. um, thankfully, Derek Crilly, who's head of sport and would have played it loud for, for many years, was in DKIT. Um, he's head of sport in DKIT and he gave me a phone call. Um, must have been around Halloween time um, that year and had said, look, if you, if you go into a, a PLC, we'll get you in. To the college next year, and mm-hmm. um, obviously, they're looking at it from, from the football side of the, the point of view. But in, in fairness to Derek, he'd always um, put my academic um, side first as well, so and um, that was great. And um, they gave me a call, I got in to draw the forward education, um, which, is, which is very close to me. So, and um, I got in there, done a year there, um, and I then actually probably screwed Derek over a little bit. I ended up going to Carlo then on a, on a oh, scholarship, no. <laughs> uh, yes, which so I have apologized to Derek for as well. So, and um, look, I went to Carlo then for a year, um, and then I ended up because I'd been calling to the LA team at that age um, and I wanted nothing more to to play with Laid. I um, I transferred it. I was never down in Carolina. I was always coming back for training or yeah. missing college to go to training and make sure I was home to mm-hmm. go to gym gym sessions or whatever it was so I ended up transferring straight from from Carlo into DKIT and um, into second year and that didn't go great either the first year I was there I dislocated my ankle oh, and um, three days three days before my exams um, so I ended up failing all of those because I didn't get to do them and um, so I had another added year on and then that was fine done that got into third year final year and I it clashed that we had to do a weekend away in my course um and it clashed with a quarter final of our championship club championship last year
0: um
1: which um i kind of think you can guess which one i picked to do
0: yeah
1: yeah um so I i didn't go to college anyway and i played the club championship match and i had to do an extra year again to to pass college so finally i've got there um and i and i've got my degree in sport exercise um after a long road but look um I suppose it is what it is, and and it just goes to show you can. There's a uh, hundred ways to get there, um, and as I said, I, I'd never enjoyed study or school or anything, but um, I suppose there's massive learnings in it as well. And and as I said, um, it can be done many ways.
0: Absolutely, and I just want to talk to you a little bit about your own business, um, because I suppose you probably set that up when you were in college there, because it obviously links into your degree there, sport and exercise management.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, in my in my third year of uh, DKIT in that program. We do a we do a placement. Um so I done my placement with our SNC coach at the time, Graham Byrne. Um, he worked he works in Sport Ireland up in Dublin. And so I, I went under his wing up in Sport Ireland and I ended up working in in his gym with up him up there um on the campus, which was which is just amazing facility. And you're seeing all the international rugby players come in, the seven players come in, the the all the different athletes from that uh, represent Ireland, which was incredible, and getting to see their facilities and what they do daily. And um, was it was a brilliant experience and um graham took me under his wing there and look I, I was working in the gym and, and I took the idea back. We had a little shot, me and Graham and took the idea back here um, and I started running fitness classes um in my local GA club. And thankfully since then it's grown and it's been brilliant to um I suppose look back now and when you think about it and talk about it, how far how far I've come in a sense of um I think I was been 30 people into Little Hall and in the GAA club to, to build in a nice uh, facility with the gym here so um look it's it's been a great learning curve and and one that I've thoroughly enjoyed yeah
0: speaking of the learning curves is there any particular big lessons you've learned from running your own business I suppose especially at a young age it's, it's quite a big big leap for anyone but I think particularly at a young age when you're trying to balance intercounty football college and then your own business
1: yeah, absolutely. It was massive um, learning curve. There's there's loads of things that I suppose you don't know till you till you get thrown into it. What has to be done, or who has to be dealt with? How you have to deal with certain situations. And um, there's there's loads of things that people I suppose don't see or don't know what happens. And um, they might see it in the gym and and they all think it's great, but um, yeah. there's lots of stuff that goes on when there's no one here. Or there's there's been a lot of um, early mornings and a lot of late uh, late nights here. um on the laptop or, or finding new stuff or just researching and, and trying to make it work I suppose and and mm-hmm. um, look it was tough obviously then COVID hit when things were going well for me as well so we had to close the uh, term we had to stop the fitness classes and close the gym at the time so um look it was definitely tough and a learning curve but one that I feel a lot better for now Um mm-hmm. look as, as you said the learning curves are, are massive um, especially at a young age and as you said balancing and um, work life and um, that balance is tough to get sometimes, and when there's probably managers pulling at you from different directions, college pulling at you, and um, family and friends, um, and it's and it's look, I've I've struggled with it definitely over the last while to 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 manage them, but it's just taking a step back and trying to trying to um, make yourself happier, suppose in a way, and then and then other people come secondary, unfortunately, and whatever makes them um, you happier, suppose. But once, as you said, there's younger listeners, probably younger listeners, probably listening. So, um at the end of the day, you come first, and it took me a while to, to figure that out. I was trying to is working a half five some mornings and not finishing until 10 o'clock that, yeah. that night and that's the stuff people don't see you know that sort of way so but to make it work you have to do it sometimes and and, and, I, and I've done it so um look it's I'm, I'm doing okay now I have a nice structure to my day Um look football um comes first with, with the business so it's, it's been great.
0: Brilliant Um, with COVID I think you put a lot of programs online how did you find training people over Zoom I presume you were using Zoom because everyone was on it during the, the yeah. pandemic and I think you set up um is it Fast Academy you're a part of as well the online speed program?
1: Yeah yeah so um the Zoom thing was 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 great in a way and and difficult in a way look it's it's a it's a weird one you're used to being here buzzing off people um Loads of music, lay a gym, people talking to each other, and then you and then you go into a quiet room with yourself, and you're, you're hoping the internet won't fall down or, yeah, yeah. or people can hear you. Or, so it's and it's little things that you never even think of, and, yeah. and they happen. Um, one morning I come into the to the gym to do a Zoom call, and the were asked to turn the electricity off the day before, so I couldn't turn on the lights. And it was seven o'clock in the morning, no one could see me on the on the camera, so <laughs> um, I had to do a class by just talking. So it was mad. There's there's uh, there was mad little things that happened, yeah, and and okay. <laughs> as I said, Jesus, some learning in it. Um, and look, and, and as most people have found, it's, it's, it's a new way of communicating. It's a new way of getting things done. It's, it's efficient um, for time um, and stuff like that. So it was great, um, a great learning um, and, and it was done. But I'm glad to be back seeing people in the gym, on the gym floor and, and, and stuff like that. And as you said, then we, um, me and myself and my, my good friend, Mick, Mick Fanning, um, who has his own physio business, we set up Fast Academy then um, over the last number of months. Um, which as you said is is an online platform so we obviously got a benefit from the COVID thing we we went online with this program and we both deal with people in in person in our daily jobs but um we we thought look there's a big opportunity here for for online programming um, and that's what we've done we stuck together um, a new website um called Fast Academy and now we deliver online programs uh, straight to people's phones that they complete um in their own time and um, Easy accessible and, and and as you said the zoom thing and the online thing is is brilliant for people who who mightn't have the time or, or are struggling um or don't enjoy going to the gym it's in your own time it's it's perfect and the the programs and the and the website looks really cool um and we're happy with how it's turned out. so it's been busy with that as well so um it's it's getting that off the ground and, and it's going good
0: it's brilliant as well to see the number of GEA players um sharing content and programs because I suppose when you're younger all you want to do is emulate your heroes and now you get to learn from your heroes and get to follow oh this is Sam's speed workout so do you know what I mean you're learning from yeah. the intercounty athletes that are before you whereas maybe 10 or 15 years ago that wasn't as accessible because with the internet it just wasn't there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's exciting, and even over lockdown, like, um, looking at some of the Cape players or the, or the soccer players, I was putting up little clips and, yeah. um, stuff like that. Even myself would be uh, be out in the pitch here and um, whacking balls or, or trying to flick up, so whatever it was. And, um, as a young player, it was always and it was just going to YouTube, running in on the la- on the on the old computer at home, and then running back outside. So, it's great that great That's so easily accessible uh, on the phone at your fingertips. So, um, as you said, um look it's great that so many county players have put themselves out there to to share their experiences and i think there's probably a stigma around maybe county players or around that no one should tell anyone anything and um, it should all be hush hush and no one should know anything which it i don't necessarily agree with and mm-hmm. um, sometimes i think look and um, no one has a magic wand or no one does anything different than anyone else it's it's mad that we're afraid to tell each other what we do yeah and um, in case anyone gets an upper hand but um i don't think that's the case i think everyone should share this is we're all trying to learn and i think the more that we give out the more that we can get back sometimes
0: absolutely i I definitely agree with you there talking about your own uh training you were mentioned there going out to the pitch by yourself kicking a few footballs how did you find training by yourself during 2020 and 2021
1: yeah it was it was tough um i suppose when the first lockdown hit um I actually enjoyed it. Um okay. in, in in a weird way. Uh, as a young fly I always would have went to the pitch of my own. I enjoyed that kind of in a sense of I think maybe I thought I was getting one up on, on, on other players but actually yeah. just practicing on myself or away from I don't know in a, in a weird way. And then and um, I actually I, I do like I kind of find it it's my own time I suppose when I go out and, and I'm just by myself and I get to practice things that you don't get to practice at training maybe enough or whatever. So um look the first lock then I, I i'm not gonna lie i probably did sneak up to the pitch once or twice to to kick few free freeze if i got bored of training at home so yeah um yeah no it was great and um, in that sense and then look obviously winter hit last year and, and we got called off training with our counties and um, which was a tough one to take i suppose because there was soccer team still training and there was very blurred lines mm-hmm. of what could be done or who you could train with and stuff so um it was tough last winter when and um when the snow was falling down and you have to go out and and get miles up on that gps so um there was no hiding places there but um look it was tough and thankfully it's done and hopefully it'll never happen again and but geez it was it was some character building i I suppose in a way um there was some relief when and i suppose happiness once you get it done and you know you're done for for a day or two and there was another one ticked off the list and i've look i found it it stood to me over the last while um I feel I feel strong and and look it's credit to our essence ski coach
0: mm-hmm. they obviously gave you running programs and strength programs to complete by yourselves was it
1: yeah we were we were flat out. we were we had a full we had a full training schedule I suppose and um, we'd we try to gather a few little lads here and we'd we'd get it done obviously at a safe distance and stuff like that together we'd be spread it across the pitch and be up and down and um, mm-hmm. trying to beat each other as well and I suppose it gives you that little bit of competition that little push that you obviously miss as a competitive sports player so and um, no, it was nice to have a few lads kind of um, locally here trying to get them done. Um, but yeah, lucky we were provided with full strength and full um thankfully i'd, I'd uh, obviously access the equipment yeah i um, owning the gym and stuff so that was that was a massive help me but i was going mad there was that many <laughs> dumbbells and in, in the, on the <laughs> kitchen floor but
0: she was going mad i'm interested to talk to you a little bit about free taking uh i would have taken freeze when i was younger uh, i think i've i've been relegated from that role now but i suppose for yourself um with your own practice um how many kicks would you maybe do a week and how often would you practice by yourself
1: yeah, I suppose um last year um I I practiced probably every day or every second day okay. purely because i had not pur- purely because I had nothing else to do. Um, and it was just it was my way of I suppose getting away from the whole pandemic thing and, and a bit of normality was just to come and, and kick a few frees or kick a few balls or whatever it was or practice at home, striking the ball even. Mm-hmm. I always if I am asked to coach any kids on, on striking the ball or kicking the ball, I'll always take them away from the from the goalposts and I'll bring them to the back net and they just practice on repetition, repetition of the striking of the ball. So I would have spent a lot of time on that off both feet when I was younger, just kicking into the to the back net um and just trying to focus on where the foot the ball was hitting my foot. Um and then look, I suppose once you, you get comfortable and I think that when you know why you miss the free. Um, I think that's when you've mastered it or I don't think anyone will ever master it but I think that's when you're getting close and mm-hmm. when you can recognise, oh look, my shoulder was too far high or um, I lifted my head too soon or I didn't connect with the with the ball where I wanted to and stuff. I think when you can notice those things um, you're on to something and look, at, at the minute I practice um, I'll always uh, take probably 10, 15, 20 shots after training or before training um, purely on free taking um, and then look, I'll, I'll try to get one session in also on my own a week um, at the minute and um, leading up to this club championship
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm um, interested there you mentioned being able to recognize when you miss a free why it is that's brilliant when did you start to, to kind of notice that and develop that because i guess it's just over repetition and repetition you start to really kind of put it all together
1: yeah absolutely it's a it's a it's a brilliant asset to have i suppose in the sense of when look even I suppose when you when you get used to it and what you're trying to do and I think it's about finding a run up or a strike that suits my what suits your technique and stuff like I would have always when I was younger I would have been whipping the ball with the inside of my foot and um, when I kicked the ball off the ground um, and then I probably would have changed up what way I was kicking it out of my hands and um Look, at I've got a lot of sick over the last few years. I missed a few free frees in the championship final um, two or three years ago and I was after kicking some brilliant ones off the ground and then when they get in closer I like to make my hand. So yeah. um, people are kind of asking for consistency and um, I understand that. So it's just it's about finding the mental side of it as well of um what you're comfortable with, I think is a massive one. Um and look, I have got down to the technique whereas off the ground now it's straight through at my foot. Um there's no there's no curl on the ball, it's it's um a, a straight through strike and I've nailed down the routine out of my hands, And that's that's comfortable for me. Um, and I think once you once you get a routine and once there's something you're comfortable with. And then you can start picking holes in it and going, "Look, or I spend too long, um, looking at the posts, or I spend too long hopping the ball. A lot of people hop the ball or move it from side to side, and, and um, there's a lot of things like that that I would have focused on when I when I was practicing, and um, trying to strip it all back, um, and take as many things away from it maybe as you could. Mm-hmm. And just as you when you look at Rory begging and Neil Morgan walk up to the wall, there's no there's no messing about. Yeah. Um it's literally five steps back, three to the left, and, and go and kick the ball, um, which most goalkeepers are brilliant at now. And I think over the years, maybe some free kickers, maybe was maybe complicated, including myself. So, um, okay. it's about stripping it back and being comfortable in in that um environment. And um, another one I would probably would have used was. Uh, practicing with the earphones in and just the crowd noise, and um, I found right. when I started playing when I started playing county games that the noise is obviously a massive factor. Considering yeah. um, you would have never had that noise at a club match or an underage county match. Um, I suppose then the earphones come into it, and and just repetition on cl- on noise happening in the background or, or, or stuff like that was was a cool one. I thought as well, I would have learned. that I've seen rugby players in it before, and they kick. So, um, I just just picking up little things like that. I suppose.
0: Brilliant. Do you find there's a particular technique that you use now to kind of block out the sound? I know that's probably hard to do though when you've got thousands of people screaming.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I've grown to I've grown to love it. I used to hate it. Um, I remember my first my first county match with Leed was against Meed in Park Talton, um, and the place was absolutely packed with seven or eight thousand people. And back then, my run up was really long, okay. and I took a long time to kick the ball. And I remember standing there, and all I could hear was people in the crowd talking. It was dead silent. It was a 50. I was only on the pitch. And all you can hear is people talking and talking and talking. And then they start shouting and it starts getting louder. And and it's it's really hard to block it out. And I suppose at the time it might have affected me a little bit. But um, now it's just about... Embracing it, I suppose, and as follows, and I like to think they're shouting at you for a reason because they know they're going to kick it over the bar, um, nine times out of ten. So, um, it's about just dealing with it and having a little laugh to yourself, I suppose, as as you run up or, or after it goes over the bar. So, yeah. um, look, I, I like to I try and embrace it at, the, at this stage of my career now. Yeah,
0: brilliant. You mentioned there kind of l- looking at the rugby guys, and that's how you got the idea for the um for the headphones. Is do you look at a lot of sports to, and kind of pick ideas up from them, whether it's rugby? You mentioned soccer before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look at it. Um I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a big um lover of, of other sports. I don't I'd never s i would never I i'd never sit and watch other matches i wouldn't i'd rarely sit and watch a soccer match or or any i won't watch golf i don't watch anything um really other than other than GEA, but i will um clip out other stuff um off other sports um look the big one i suppose at the minute is the basketball mm. um cross over to ga and the handling and the technique and the tackling and stuff so i will always look for stuff like that but i won't lie i don't sit and watch matches but I will always try and find clips or um, some info off someone who said something or who taught something else. Um, I've seen a clip with Kobe Bryant last week about he puts his inside hand when he's tackling and stuff like this you're trying to pick up off mm-hmm. different people and how can you relate it to, to your own sport and what you do. So, um i do love looking at other people and other sports people too even in GEA, look i think people um, hide behind the fact that they might um, like to talk about other ga players but there's no hiding here i, I love looking at other GA players and picking out what they have that's good or what they have that's bad that can be approved and worked on or, or brought to my game and mm-hmm. um, whether it be a tackle or, or a kicking technique or whatever it is a dummy solo i, I don't mind and um, but I do think it's important to to be open-minded and um, to, to everything else that's going on in sport yeah
0: absolutely do you find yourself when you're watching matches now maybe we were free kicks so you mentioned there some of their moves that um not you, you obviously said enjoy the match but do you find yourself really breaking down what they're doing is like kind of like oh that's really clever because I find my dad hates you for it but I like I'll pause the tv and I'll be like no no rewind I need to record that yeah do you find yeah, you, you like break things down a lot when you're watching matches?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd say the, the lads in the group chat hate me, I think, because I always will do, as you said there, I'll record Italian and you can see me in the background recording it um, and, and talking through the clip. Um Yeah, so look, I, I love breaking it down and even um, I was I was lucky enough to be at the all a final um, on Saturday and you're and you're looking at what they do and you're trying to think why they didn't that how they're gonna how's the other team gonna react and um systems of play and I suppose the been going over the last probably year or two has been lucky enough to work with Jimmy McGuinness and, and Mickey Hart mm-hmm. um and the way they think about the game and the way they see the game and then you're kind of going, oh that's what he's talking about now or mm-hmm. um and, and then you start it starts regin- at registering with you and then you can um start looking at other teams like we've <laughs> The things we're trying to do at Loud probably at the minute. Um you see some of it in the troll match and um, from the weekend and what they do. So mm-hmm. um that imprint is there and it's and the big teams perform it, the best teams perform it the whole time. So it's about us as Loud players, I suppose, trying to get up and, and match that standard of them doing it every time they have the ball um mm-hmm. consistently. So um I yeah, know it's interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: You mentioned there the group chat. Would you take notes or anything, whether it's with your own individual sessions, team sessions, or learning from others?
1: Yeah, I suppose I, I do um Look, I, I, I like video and recording things and um, to watch them back. I love getting video clips sent to me because I do think I'm best at learning when I'm watching something. Mm. Um and I think look we we've a brilliant stats man and a and a brilliant video with with this year, um, videographer. So and um, look it was great to to you get clips sent to yeah, you and you know this was good, this could be better, um, and stuff like that. So no, I do take on board everything um or try write down stuff that um could be done better or could be done um or that wasn't so good, if, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. and I think it's important to recognise and to, to reflect um, on your own game and even if you don't write it down and you, and you actually just take time to think about it um, I think it's powerful as well because mm-hmm. I do think a lot of players and it probably annoys me a little bit they go home and they forget about the thing and, yeah. and it's done and so be it and look I'm I'm a little bit more serious and um, than that I like to go home and uh, look I probably will be in a mood for a few hours if, if we're or uh, I didn't play so well and, and it's just me reflecting and thinking about what happened uh, maybe I suppose and um, trying to let it happen again or something good did happen how can I recreate it I suppose
0: would you watch back much video of yourself taking freeze or playing, and or would you would you find yourself being overcritical of yourself, or have you been able to kind of park that side of it, at all?
1: Um, recently I've been better at I suppose um forgetting about mistakes. Uh, when I was young, when I was young, um, I would have been uh, I could have been in the mood for two or three days on talk to me or dad. or yeah. used to be awful I, I used to be bad I used to overthink things big time and it's a bad trait to have and um, because look there's there's more to life than than a football match at the weekend and uh, it took me a long time to realize that and um, but look I think you do have to be um, I suppose clever enough and understand enough that you do need to look back and to recognize where you went wrong or how you can make it better um, I suppose so look I do look back at clips of me and and I like looking at clips of myself or or the team before the match um, and to just put it back in my mind again I think is a good tool um, to to reinforce positive behaviours and positive thoughts before a match um, can be crucial um, and, and I'd never watch the bad ones before a match at all I was just watch. but I'd try find on my clip maybe someone that sent me a year or two ago um, about a, f- a nice free kick that I would have hit and maybe it was in Crow Park or it was a big match and I kick a good one I just think it, it makes you feel good and, mm-hmm. and it has you ready then I suppose going into the match more so
0: Would you be able to take us through some of your free kick routine and kind of from when the whistle is blown and you know you're going to take the free what goes through your head what do you do sort of breathing wise? What's your routine? And then would you strike him with the kick?
1: Yeah, I suppose um, a question was asked me a few years ago by a coach, Christy Grimes, who have played a lot. He coached us um, with with the club here, and he he used to ask me one day, "What what do you think when the whistle's blown and and we have a free?" And he used to, and I didn't know what to say. I, I he's he caught me. I suppose I, I never knew. I never thought about it enough. And then I was kind of going, "Geez, I I think the first thought that comes into my head is, "What if I miss?" And I just, and he was going, are you mad? Like, like you can't, I suppose you can't think like that. And now it's, it's now is when we get free, it's gone. Right, lovely, another score for Sam. And I think that was a, it was a, it was just a flick in my mindset to go, stop worrying about if you miss and start thinking, what if you score? And um, was, it was a big one, I suppose. So that was a whole change in my mindset to, to stop worrying about what if you miss? So what, I suppose at the, at the end of the day, um, it's about, imagine your score. And um, so and that was a big, uh, big change in my mindset. And I suppose in regards to technique and breathing and stuff, it's um, ball down and, and I'll always place the All-Ireland that's right under the knees, facing towards me, um, and I'll always try to strike through the E um, in 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 the Ireland. And um, That's just my spot on where I'm going to hit the ball. Um, eight steps back, two to the left. Um, a nice deep breath, hands on the hips, um, face, shol- shoulder to the post. And, and a little stutter on the way up, and, and I go and strike it. Um, is is what it is off the ground anyway. And um, yeah, I think a nice deep breath and a nice little focus from ball to post, um, and back to the ball is a nice little technique of just where you want the ball to to go through. And uh, you hear the rugby players as well, I suppose, talk about the the person in the stand behind the net or or the tree in the distance um, would be a, 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 I suppose one for us. Maybe that um, young GA players can look at you.
0: Yeah. I love the way you mentioned there the the letter E. Is that like you obviously aim for that but is that sort of something you use maybe for visualization you kind of see yourself kicking the the letter e in all ireland
1: yeah yeah so once i place the ball then i'll have the e that's it's, it's going from if i kick through the e the ball will travel straight through the post um is obviously the thinking behind it and just when i see the e that i know that if my ball or if my foot hits the ball there um, it, it should be on route to, to where i've planned it to go um, i like setting the ball up nice and making sure it's um it's set right i think it's important to take your time and um and and to get that right i suppose um, and it's just what well, fine works for you some people like to to use the d at the end of all ireland and, mm-hmm. and get the strike on the, on the outside of the ball if they're whipping it and stuff so um, it's just finding what works for you people like the valve and um, people like the ball upside down mm-hmm. whatever it is it's d that works for me and all ireland yeah
0: you had a game against Offley this year. Unfortunately, you lost the game, but you had a free to send it to extra time. Talk through a little mm. bit about that and kind of being able to stay in the moment and kind of think of this as a free kick rather than this is a free kick that will keep us in the game and send it to extra time.
1: Yeah, um, I, suppose, I suppose what we spoke about earlier it's looking back and I never really think about that free kick now. I always think about the shot. I had a chance to win it at the end, out of my hands, that we worked well. Back to me outside the 45 and I missed them. Um, I was very close, and I and I missed, it. and I suppose when I, people say to me about the free, it's kind of gone. Geez, I, I can't really remember it now, because um, all I can think about is the shot that I missed. But yeah, um, it's a weird one. But look, oh, look, it was a it was a difficult free and um, forty five yards away in the left, and and I hit it well, and I I, I suppose at the time it was. Um I was I think I was so in the moment I I would have a big thing where I wouldn't look at the scoreboard during matches. Okay. Um it's always just the next it's I think it's just trying to stay in the moment and and the next ball is the most important ball. So it's look when that free kick happened, um it was all about just getting a good strike, I suppose, and and not mm. thinking if uh, what if we miss we're going to lose or what if we score it's going to go to extra time I, I think it's taken that emotion away and just been nice cool and just saying um, this is all about me it's all about my strike um, on the ball and once you can focus in on that and hone in on, on that and thankfully I hit it well and I, and I went over and um, but look, then again, look, I look back and I go, look, I should have scored the next one as well. So yeah. um, you, take them, you take them like that, I suppose.
0: You mentioned, I think it was an Instagram live chat, um, that mentality of you kind of remind yourself the sun comes up in the morning. Talk us through a little bit about yeah. that and how you developed that kind of, it sounds like really like a mantra that you kind of remind yourself about.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's one that, um I suppose, I think after that, into all the lads going what are you going about? <laughs> um, a lot on the list, I got a bit of slagging over that one, but yeah, look, I, I suppose the big thing for me when I was younger, and I probably still, um, the lads kind of still, um, people who are close to me kind of understand that I, I probably took football a little bit, maybe too serious when I was younger, um, 15, 16, 17, 18, all the way up to maybe 21, 22, uh, where it would have affected me for two or three days if I didn't play well, or... Um and I suppose all I thought about was football or all I um wanted to do was play football whereas now it's kind of taking yourself look at the end of the day football doesn't pay my bills or it won't make me um a better person or anything like that it's kind of one of my my good friends Robbie said to me one of the days he's like yeah you're a samurai to football but what when fo- football finishes then what are you mm. um, and it's just creating a it's creating that person, I suppose, as well as important. So um it's just, yeah, if we lose the sun comes up in the morning. If we win, something comes up in the morning. Um when you walk down the street the next day, no one actually cares um what happened yesterday. Half of them don't know what happened yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and look, I think there's more important things in life. And um sometimes people I, I forget it a lot. Um sometimes people forget it a lot. And um you look at the the mayhem that happened after the all Ireland final this year, and it's people giving out about players or yeah. He should have done that. He should have done this, and it's you're going. You forget he's the home to his mom or his dad or his wife or his kids or his boyfriend, or whatever it is. Um, and it's it's a strange one. Uh, and as a player, I think only players understand that. And um, unless you've played the game, they don't you don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I find that I I understand people have to criticize and critique a match, but um, I think they they do need to understand sometimes that they are people at the end of the day and. And um, look, and you look at the the people on the pitch, Lee Keegan with his with his daughter, and Peter Hart with, yeah. with his child as well, and you're going, look, that's just that's what it's about. Sometimes it's it's they battle for seventy minutes, and then it's done. And look, they're going home, and they still have to look with their kids in the morning, and whether they won or they lost, their kids doesn't know, and and half of the people in Ireland don't know, um, which yeah. is which is a funny thing, I suppose. So, um, look, it's taken away that emotional connection with football. Sometimes can be can be important as well, and one that I probably still struggle with and um, to, to take away and sometimes you, you need a, um, to switch off as much as you need to switch on I think mm-hmm.
0: How do you switch off out of interest from football particularly maybe in season when you're so enthralled in, in everything?
1: Yeah, I suppose it's, it's it can be difficult, um, and I suppose when my job I suppose, is based around performance and mm-hmm. and feeling good and and stuff like that. It can be difficult to switch off sometimes, and um, it's it, it is really simple things that help me switch off. And whether it actually is going to the gym, I don't find gym as as a chore. I actually just enjoy going. like sometimes I come really late, sometimes I come really late at, I come really late, late at night, and it, and it mightn't be anything structured. It might just to be here or to to, to clear the head, listen to a few tunes and and enjoy and enjoy the session more so than um worrying about all oh, of this going to make me play better in three weeks time when when all in all it's probably not going to have any too much of an effect or that sort of way so mm-hmm. um I like to go for a walk um, and, and listen to podcasts um, and chill out that way and um, I like going for coffee I'm a, big, <laughs> I'm a big coffee drinker I'm a bit of an addict so
2: okay. um
1: going with going with my friends for, for coffee um, and uh, really simple things like that and um, keep me happy and um, I'm not a big drinker I'm not a big partyer. so and um, some people find me boring, some people um uh, uh, enjoy it that I can I can be there and, and go for coffee on a Sunday morning or whatever it is. So yeah. um no, I enjoy simple things like that. Um and I like I like having I like having time to do things um that I enjoy, I suppose. And so that means been organised and that means not been um hung over, that's what I'll and that sort of way. So
0: Mm-hmm. Is it hard as an intercounty player to try balance, as you said there, the criticism on social media or in the papers? Like I know it's it's hard. Like obviously you don't go into the shop and buy a paper that says Sam Roy is terrible on the front cover. But is it hard on social media to really escape that that constant feedback? And you mentioned there there is so many tweets about the last weekend, and you see awful stuff being said. And as you said, you you know your family, you have work, the, your professional life that outside of football that nobody really kind of remembers when the all iron whistle is blown and they're busy tweeting about Aiden O'Shea or whoever it is
1: yeah yeah so it's um it's a weird one like I suppose and um, to stay away from it is is to don't look at it and I would have went through a phase where I would have read everything um, and okay. whether it was good or whether it was bad um and I suppose um as I said we were betting the championship final two years ago um and I, and I didn't play well um and look then you're sitting in the pub after and you're having a few drinks with your with your teammates and your friends and family and it's and they're going, oh, there's something up about on this about you, or just, and you see it yourself, and you're going, oh, gosh, or whatever. like But it does affect you, and it does get to you, and I think mm-hmm. um, it can be tough to block it out. So the whole thing with me is now I don't read anything, um, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Um, and I just take myself out of that environment. Um, look, my mom is obsessed with buying the paper. Um, whether I'm in it whether I'm not in it, but there's an in it. she'll clip it. It could be about the team, it could be about some of the players on the team. She has everything.
2: Okay. Um,
1: and I and I and I let her and I just stay away. I don't even read the paper when it's brought into the house anymore. So yeah, um, it's one of those just if you if you, if you can't deal with the good if you can't deal with the bad stuff, don't read the good stuff. Yeah. Um, because you can't get too high and you can't get too low. So I think I I just took myself away from uh away from it. Because I just found those on a bad week, if I played match played bad, um I might read the paper. And then if I played good, I would read the paper. And there's going, oh lots of difference. Um mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what they say about me. Um I know what kind of footballer I am, I know how good I can be, um, I know how bad I can be. Um, so, look, okay, I think it, it comes down to your own perf- person. Perhaps some people love reading it, Um some people lose it as motivation. Whatever works for you, but um, for me, it's kind of trying to take yourself away from it. Um, look, I, I've done interviews before, and, and, I, and I wouldn't go and read it then because I know what I've said, um, mm,
2: yeah.
1: and, and that's the way it is. And then it's, just, it's up to perception, I suppose, of, of what people take from it. Then, um, some people t- might think I talk a lot of a lot of crap. Some people might talk, think I think will talk a lot of sense, and so be it. Um, it's just perception, I suppose
0: yeah absolutely I'm interested as well particularly maybe in season you can maybe compare it to the off season but as an intercounty footballer let's say 24 hours in a day or in a week how often do you actually think about football and like I'm just trying to get the sense that because you're always trying to like let's say when you're eating food you know it's obviously tailored your t- nutrition is tailored towards your your performance and then you said, the gym you've now developed a thinking of just enjoying the gym but how often do you actually think about football in the day-to-day
1: uh, probably a lot more than I should okay. um yeah no I, I I think I'm constantly thinking about it um as you said when I'm going to eat I'm thinking oh is this okay um or I can't have that or I will have that um I do think about it a lot um I suppose or I'm always thinking about when's my next session I have to structure my work life around my training um it is I do think it is a, a full-time job um in a sense of, I might not be training every hour of the day, but I definitely am thinking about every hour of the day, and I'm planning my day around performance, mm-hmm. Um which is, which is funny. So, um, no, I do think it is. It is a. It's constantly on your mind as a, as an international player as any player, I suppose. And mm-hmm. um, if you think about the game enough, or if you enjoy the game enough, that you will, um, I suppose, make sacrifices and and um, think about it in what in what's happening throughout your day. I know today I have to fit in a kicking session today. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's about, will I be finished work early enough to get on the pitch before someone needs the pitch? Mm -hmm. Um, And just making it happen and and making time for it, I suppose. So it's constantly on your mind, yes. Um, But look, I think if you didn't enjoy it, I don't think you'd do it. So uh, it's one of those, I think.
0: Do you ever find it kind of overwhelming or do you find yourself nearly burning out with everything?
1: Um, I think a lot of people do. Um, I know some of my um close mates that that would be heavily involved, um do find it tough, and and I, and I completely understand why they do, um. But for me, no. I I um look, there has been times over the last few years I'm going, "Jesus, I'd love a week away." Mm. Excuse me, I haven't been on holiday since 2016, um. I got away to England I think last year or the year before for a weekend other than that I haven't, you know, I haven't seen sun since 2016 yeah. um, so look there's things like that that um, I suppose are are mental when you look at them in, in reality um, and I suppose I'm contradicting myself here a little bit when I'm saying look the sun can, still comes up in the morning but at the end of the day I'll, I'll give it all I have yeah. Um. And look, my uncle, look, I got offered to go to America a few years ago and I didn't go okay. um, just because of club championship or it was loud, we're still playing or something like this. And there are opportunities that you miss out on, I suppose. So mm-hmm. so it's weird and it's just something you have to deal with, I suppose. And as I said, um, if, if, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it, I don't think.
0: Mm-hmm. I see you have your whoop on. How do you find uh, kind of tracking yeah. your sleep and performance with the with the whoop?
1: Yeah, I suppose it's, it's another little tool, um, I think, it's a, it's a what is the word? I suppose it's, it's not. it's a weird one. It's kind of, it's a great asset to have if you can. I suppose park it in a sense. Okay. Um, I think if you're waking up every morning and looking at it, going, I didn't sleep well last night," or, or if you're letting it affect your day or your performance that weekend or whatever, I think it's nice to know. But um, sometimes you don't need to know. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think if you, if when you wake up, you know, you're slept good. You don't have to look at your watch or that sort of way. You are. Yeah. And um, I think at the start, it was nice to look go and say right or well, if I got too close to bed I didn't sleep well that night so maybe that's something I can improve on or um, if I left the telly light on in the room I didn't sleep well and and you just get used to things like that so some days I don't even check the phone um, to see the score and some days I do um, if, if I have time and stuff so um, look they're, they're, you see I think a lot of lads are wearing them now and they're great for, for little things but I think if you're going to get one or if you have one it's about can you cut off from it um, and not let it affect that performance like let's say you wake up on the day of a game I'd rarely check it on the day of the game because if okay. I feel good I feel good I don't need my watch to tell me mm. that I feel good or if I feel shit so um, I think that's a big one and an important thing to take from it but it's a cool piece of um data um, I like to I think over the COVID it was pretty cool actually to, to keep an eye on respiratory rate and HRV um, in the sense of not contracting the virus was was a big one mm. um, for me actually so um, anytime that people are close, like read a few cases on the team um, maybe a few months ago it wasn't probably two months ago now and you kind of just keep checking every day um respiratory hasn't dropped um, off or anything so so that was a nice one i suppose and, and being in the gym with people i suppose as well
2: and um, mm-hmm. i
1: could keep checking and um, throughout so yeah, know that was uh, i think it's a cool piece of data yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: for from your own point of view um kind of pre-match or maybe even pre-training would you have your own sort of routine of mobility or stretching or Maybe kicking you mentioned before, like talk us through a little bit of. I'm always interested in an individual's approach, particularly as an intercounty footballer, even towards training, because I know a lot of the guys do a lot before training, even.
1: Yeah, so um, I suppose before training, it's always I always love to be an hour early. Um, I I actually like gymming before training, um, and okay. so I like to get a gym session in before training, which is um, kind of a new thing for me, but because I, I, I always would have been here an hour early before training. Um and I'd always do mobility or stretching or foam roll and now it's actually changing to actually just fitting my gym session here now. Okay. Um and I spend I spend about forty minutes lifting weights before I go out onto the pitch. Um my heart rate's up, I feel good, I'm loose. Um and then I and then I go train and I suppose before a match. Um I haven't tested it before a match yet, but um mm-hmm. It could be a dodge you want to try before a championship. So I don't yeah, think I'll, I'll try it this year. Yeah. <laughs> um I could get in trouble for that one. But um no, look, I think it's it's about finding what works for you. Um there's actually a, a program on the Fast Academy where I've put together what I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um if anyone wanted to check that out. Um it's a it's a 15-minute program that brings you through um mobility, activation, and power um to prep you for the pitch. So um look, that's what I like to keep it simple. Um, I like to feel good. Um, and know that um, all the key muscle groups are, are activated and ready to go. And then it's just about power and jumps and stuff like that to, to make sure the central nervous system is, is is firing as well, I suppose.
0: For the 2021 season, uh, Mickey Hart named your captain. Talk us through what was that conversation like and I suppose, again, fulfilling your dream and why do you think he he call, he named you captain of the squad? And just talk us through a little bit of that because I think you were underage captain with Louth at one stage.
1: Yeah, so th- I suppose there was no conversation. Um, okay. I could I ask that a few times, but there was no there was no conversation with me or Mickey um in regards to the captaincy. Um we were at training a Sunday morning, we had trained, and um, we were in a group of laughter and he just said the captain for the year, Samurai, and that was it. And speaking before, then speak him for and speak after it. Um, I like to think I took it in my stride. Um I'd always be vocal enough, I'd have no problem saying if I if I felt something that had to be said. So before I suppose um I was named captain, I would have spoke anyway, or mm-hmm. um, would it like to dealt with things that way, so it, it didn't really change much for me. The only thing that changes is that you have to go for the toss before the match, And yeah. mm-hmm. um, if you lose, you have to do the interview, which, um, yeah, which you no know, other players is you, you know, sort of way. Um, yeah. but uh, no, that no, it didn't change much for me. Um, look, it was obviously a massive honor and one that I'm forever grateful for. And hopefully, I'll i'll be captain for many years to come. And um, but look, uh, it's been it's been brilliant, it's been it's been a uh massive learning curve and I suppose you're rocking up the training maybe as a player just thinking about yourself and maybe when you're captain you, you're thinking about a few other things and that how other players are feeling there and um, I suppose there's that responsibility maybe as well but um, no there was no um, there was no big conversation and um, we, we get on well um, and look at in, in at the end of the day I think Mickey gave me captaincy because um, I was doing something right so I didn't think I had to change anything then you know so the way he gave me for a reason so mm-hmm. um, I didn't change too much and um, uh, once, once it was named or anything like that. So, and um, I, I like to do my business, go about my business, um, as as best I can, I suppose. And and look. Um and just perform, I think, is the massive one as a captain. Um, I think if you can lead um, by your performances, you don't have to worry about doing any speeches or talking or anything like that, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: As for yourself, really, because it kind of sounds like you've put that responsibility upon yourself more than ha- having a chat with Mickey about it. But what sort of duty would you see yourself having as captain? As you said, maybe checking in with players. As you just mentioned their performance is key, just showing up and then you don't need to really worry maybe about making a speech before the game if you know you're going to play well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's just dealing with the with the added pressure in your own way, I suppose. Mine was right, I have to prove a point here. Um Mickey's trusted me. I have to show him that he was right with his decision. So it was about getting a good like, league campaign, I suppose. Um for like this year and, and that's that's what we done. We got promoted. and I, I played played well enough in, in the games that we had. So um it was about putting in performances as I said. And then um I suppose that other responsibility is what you put on yourself. I suppose what you can deal with. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I suppose it is is maybe delegating um communicating from the management team to the players is probably a little bit of a responsibility that you have. Um it's nothing major I suppose it's just getting the message across in a way that the team can take it on board. Um and then little things like dealing with the secretary you might want you to deal with the tickets for the match or okay. um it's, it's a little thing like that that you know, sort of way that yeah. that uh, come into play but no there's nothing major major um change for me I suppose it's um just doing, doing what I do best and and trying to perform and, and play to the best of my ability
0: mm, I know what you mean um I was interested to hear I think it was you're on the GEA hour and you mentioned Mickey Harris kind of it, it could have been at the start of the year I can't remember exactly um at what point it was but he asked the players why are you here? And I'm interested to hear about that approach and I'm interested also to hear your answer in particular.
1: Um, yeah, the the why are you here thing was a massive one. Um, I think for a lot of players, um, I think players, I suppose, get their own talent sometimes um, just because they're good enough um, when the ball's in their hand or, um, and, the, and as I said, maybe they don't think about it enough sometimes or um, they don't take board on what's been said to them or what they're weak at or what they can improve on. So it's about like, for me, it's about looking at it, going, "Why am I here? What do I want to achieve with this?" And um, I'm giving up, as I said, um, I'm giving up a lot of hours to do this. So why would I not take the piss with it? But why would I not give it my all? And
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: I'm 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 coming to Daver, coming training, or going to matches, um what X amount of hours a week. So if I'm going to do that, I'm gonna I'm going to give it my best shot. And at the end of the day, you only get a short window to play intercounty football, um, and it's just about maximising. And um, watch what what years you get. So for me it's about being the best footballer I can be. Um and I know Mickey Hart and Gavin Devlin are two of the best managers and coaches in, the, in in Ireland. So for me to be there with them was my why, And um, I suppose in a sense of you don't get many opportunities like that. Um I would do if they asked me to stick my hand in the fire or stick my hand in the fire general soda um ship and all as that is, I, I'd <laughs> But to be honest, I'd, I'd do whatever they asked. Um, so, look, that's what it's about. For me, Um, if I knew they are going to tell me something, they know what's right or wrong. Um, They are more experienced. They're more equipped Um, in GA, They've spent more years at it. They've looked at the best players in Toronto and in, or- in Ireland for the last, what, Mickey Hart was manager for 18 years. Mm-hmm. So he knows what the best is. And if he told me this is what it takes to be the best, I'd do it, to be honest with you. So that's, that was my why um i'm sure other lads have have their own reasons um and i suppose i wanted to be the captain of the lead i wanted to i want to be the best player in in ireland at some stage and and the best player lad. i suppose um so yeah it was just about probably maximizing potential i think
0: and what have they brought as a management team to the group and to the team what have you seen maybe the biggest improvement whether it's from an individual point of view with yourself or with the team
1: um, I think from a team point of view, it's and an individual point of view in a, in, a, in a, if you look at it in a bigger picture, it's about it's not about Samurai or it's not about Connor Grimes or it's not about um, Craig Lynch, you know, sort of way. It was about how can we be better as a team and, and I think once you get better as an individual and, and, and understand that your role for the team is 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 appreciated and I think that's what they bring, whether you have to stand in the corner and not get the ball for ten minutes knowing that Sam Roy will get the ball in the minute. You're doing a your job and Sam appreciates you and we appreciate you as a team. And I think that's a massive and a powerful tool to have as a management team that they can make you feel a million dollars by actually maybe not doing what you do with your club or maybe not doing what um, what you'd like to do, in a sense, um, everyone mm-hmm. wants to be the player that plays in the middle. Everyone wants to, to stand on the square or, or on the forty yards or in midfield and kick seven eight points. Everyone wants to do that, but unfortunately, we all can't do that. Um, yeah. And I think it's recognising, um, look, whatever role you get in the team that, that you're benefiting the team. And at the end of the day, um, it, it's we, not me. Um, is, I suppose is the big one for us at the minute. So, um, yeah, no, that was that was I think their best attribute that they brought to the team. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Talking about the 2021 season, you're promoted back to Division 3. Um, talk us through, kind of looking towards the future, sort of goals for the team and for you personally, where do you see loud football over the next couple of years and where do you see yourself?
1: Yeah, as I said, look, it's, it's about maximising potential for myself. Um, I'd hate to look back and say that I could have done more there or I should have done more that year, excuse me. So, um, yeah, it's about maximising potential, potential uh, personally and then as a team. I think um winning matches in division three is massive for us and maybe and hopefully a championship win next year um would've been great. We got promoted this year and it would have been nice to get a championship win and we and we probably should have mm-hmm. or could have got awfully that day. So it would have been massive and I think winning, because there's nothing that beats winning. Um yeah. so that could be nice to get a few more wins on the Mickey and Galvin this year, yeah.
0: What do you make of the, the tier two conversation and that debate going on? Um for a county like Leouth, how important is a tier two championship or do you feel like you, you should have a crack at Sam Maguire
1: um, it's a not that it's a strange one it's a tough one to call I think Um, when you look at it in big terms and realistic terms at the, at the minute one or near the level of the All-Ireland Champions thrown at the minute we, we wouldn't beat them um if we play them tomorrow Um, so it's like going well what's the point in that um, I suppose when, when all you want to do is win so it's about bringing it Back, I suppose, to the teams. Why? And I think that's why the leagues have been so competitive over the last few years, and, yeah. and they've been brilliant in the sense of, um, everyone's at their own level. Um, and you're like we were in Division Four last year because we deserved to be in Division Four last year. So, it's about dealing with that and and trying to win matches. Then I suppose. So, look, I think we, I think everyone deserves a crack at, at the All Ireland. Um, I think it could be done where, you do play your All Ireland, um, maybe match first, and and then you can break off into two. Um, separate divisions, whether that's an open draw for 32 teams, and and you you could end up playing Kerry in the first round, and if you lose, you're going to the to division two or mm-hmm. vice versa, you know, that sort of way. So, um, I think it could be done. That it gives more incentive for for championship to be more competitive. And and um, look, this year there was no backdoor or anything for for a team like Laid, so it was tough to, I suppose, when you when you're looking at the training we done on our own during the winter and in the hail, rain, and snow, and you're going for back by awfully here or done and dusted. Um, we I think we played four matches this year with Loud so mm. um, it's, tough, it's tough to take in that sense so it's a, I suppose you'd like to think the GAA could turn something around for, for teams like Loud so with mm. a bit of luck yeah
0: Absolutely Overall throughout your whole career um, what's sort of the biggest lesson you've learned from sport?
1: The biggest lesson um, That's a tough question um, I don't know the biggest lesson I think to enjoy it, I suppose, enjoy and try and take every day and match our training session as it comes and look, I'd be ripping if we lost a training match at, uh, on a Tuesday night honest, or and it's just, it's about getting playing in the moment, I suppose, and um, yeah, I think about living and trying to play in the moment more so than anything, I think is the, is the one lesson that would have learned.
0: We're going to move on to the sideline seven, it's the same seven questions at the end of every episode. Uh, question one, what is your favourite quote?
1: My favourite quote, um, today's a great day to have a great day.
0: And where is the, where do you think you can or where do you think you can't, you're right. Where does that come from? I think that's the Instagram bio yeah, that's for,
1: my, yeah. Yeah, that's my second one, I think. <laughs> that's definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, where do you think you can or where do you think you can't, you're right. Um, I love that one. I think it's, it's just, as I said, I spoke about it earlier, it's just pure mindset, um, whether uh, I can think I can put the ball over the bar, whether I think I can't, I think I'm right, you know that sort a of way. So mm. it's just about flipping that mind switch uh, mindset and going, Right, look, whatever way I look at this, um you're right, you know that sort of way. So I think yeah. it's a massive learning and um, to let uh, you look at for for everyday life, um, whether I can set this business or whether I can set this business, um, or whether you can um kick the ball over the bar, whether you can't, or you know that sort of way? So I think it's yeah. it's perspective as I spoke about earlier as well. So um I do like that one.
0: I've asked a couple of people um about their sport um could you kind of put in into percentages is football fit more physical or more mental do you think?
1: Oh um, I don't think it's more than the other um I think you have to I think I do think you have to have both um especially in the modern game um maybe in the older days if you look back in clips I think it's more physical um I don't think there's much thought to what what happened back then um I think now it's more. Uh, I think it's both because if you can't get up and end the pitch you're not going to be good enough and if you don't have the mental strength to, to do it and um, you can't do either so um, I think both are massively important.
0: Brilliant. Uh, question two, best sporting event you've been to?
1: Um, there's been a, f- look as a young fella, I suppose I, I was a big soccer fan when my grandad was alive he would have loved Man United and um, my dad loves Man United as well so and um, we've been to a few Old Traffic matches, and and we got to see Ronaldo back in the day and stuff. So they were massive, but and um, probably going to have to say, I think the 2017 All a final, and um, when Dean Rock kicked that free at the end, I think is is up there.
0: Yeah, you have to go back now to watch Ronaldo again.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not as interested anymore. Don't. I? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: particularly for your own career, is there any standout moment or match you've played in
1: yourself? Um. I think the first day at Captain Loud was special. and um, we didn't win. Um, and that was tough to take. and um, you think it might be a fairy tale played okay. You don't win and it's kind of going on. Oh, it's the same old, same old yeah. with Loud or with Sam or whatever it is. So um that's disappointing. And then I suppose when, when you look at the good side of things, I think actually going out to Captain County was massively important and, and special. So um, although we didn't win, it was it was a brilliant day for me and one I'll never forget. And I suppose the biggest probably one is is, the, is our championship win last year, and that final is, is special and will will definitely live in the memory. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, biggest setback or challenge so far in your career?
1: Um, I suppose there's little things like um, when I came into the panel, the loud panel in 2000 when I was 18, whatever year that was in 2016 or 17. Um, and I, I got into the championship panel. I was playing really well and training. Probably could have started that first championship match. They probably just didn't trust me enough. Um, I come on at halftime. And then the following match, I was dropped from the panel altogether. So there's little things like that where you're going, look, I'm training well. Why aren't I getting in? And then you set down yourself. And those can be little setbacks that you have to just, I suppose, get over and trust yourself. And at the time, I probably didn't trust myself enough. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, So they're, they're learning curves. And I suppose the big one probably for me was dislocating my ankle. Um back in back in my um, probably maybe first year that I would have featured for loud mm-hmm. prominently. and um, I was training well. I making Peter Pete McGraw was over that year. So um we were in division two. It could have been a big year for me. It could have been a big year for Loud. And I just mm-hmm. hit my ankle on the 30th of the December playing in a Born Cook match and the lashings are in there, and, and they're just going, oh my God, and yeah. um, will I ever come back from this you know that sort of way. So yeah, that was a massive yeah. I missed all the league, I missed all the and most of the championship then as well, so that was tough. Um, and I suppose look, um, it happened for a reason. I suppose in the end, but yeah, that was probably a big challenge I, I faced there. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, uh, your biggest achievement on or off the pitch?
1: Um, I suppose on the pitch, um, probably captain in my county is up there. Um, and winning Joe Ward with the club championship um, last year after being beaten the two previous finals is is um a massive achievement for a club like ours, I think. Um. And then off the pitch, I think running my own business and and I suppose getting through what I didn't find easy in the college sense as well is when you step back and look at it going, actually, I'm here, I actually maybe have done better than I thought I could do. So mm-hmm. yeah, those are probably the, the few achievements that I'm most proud of, I suppose.
0: Looking back, uh, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self?
1: Um, I think as I spoke about earlier, to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, look, I went to Carlo. I, I think I went there twice in the whole year. I was in Carlo in college. Like I, I was coming back for training. Did I have to? Was I going to make a difference? And um, when I look back and stuff like that, you're kind of going like, maybe could have enjoyed life a little bit more and stopped talking about football every time or you yeah. know sort of way. So, and mm-hmm. um, I probably would have if I had my perspective on it now. Maybe would have taken a step back when I was 18 and and just look at the bigger picture. And um, in those days, it was just all kind of play for life, kind of be good enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, yeah, I think. Um, Stop worrying about what if it goes wrong, and start thinking about what goes right. Maybe yeah.
0: I've heard a couple of people speak about that, that enjoyment side of things. And you said there, you only went out twice, and you were up and down for gym sessions and training. Would you think is is that what it takes to be, you know, one of the top players in your county, to captain the team, to be an inter county footballer? Does it take that complete sacrifice, that like just willing to to do whatever, as you said, what the manager would want?
1: Yeah, maybe in a in a in a way. I think um, it's my way, I suppose. Um, mm. It's my way of doing it. And and look, some people get away with. Look, um, okay, I watched a clip with Jamie Redknapp this morning. He's saying he was rehabbing with. Randomly, I was watching it in Hawaii, um, But he was saying he was rehabbing with uh, Ronaldo nine back in the day, and um they were both rehabbing together. And they were asked to let's say it was hundred squats, and Jamie would be person is whole to get it done and then Ronaldo would get to 30, he would get hardish and he'd stop. Yeah. And then Jamie would get loaned out to Southampton and Ronaldo go in the golden boosh the mm-hmm. next year at the World Cup. And it's kind of like it's I just think it's what whatever you are and what you can bring to the table, whatever suits you. And um, so when I look back, I'm kind of going, yeah, maybe I could have enjoyed it but that was my way um of doing it. And I don't think I would have done it. I wouldn't have done it different Um and I probably still wouldn't do it different now
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, in a way look. At the end of the day, to me, football probably number one in my life a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a strange one, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, dream dinner guest and why? And you can open the table up to a few people if you want.
1: Um, Roy Keane.
0: Okay. What well, What would you ask him?
1: Um, I don't know. I think I just had the crackle. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I yeah, think
1: yeah. he'd be brilliant. I love him. Yeah. Um, my father was always a big fan, so we always would watched back all United games of, of Roy Keane or clips of Roy Keane and, and you see him now on sky and he's just he's brilliant it yeah. um, his perspective on life and his perspective on 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 football and people and I just think it's it's hilarious in a way and it's arrogant and funny and um I think you have to take him with a pitch of salt and um yeah I I, I like it. I like him as a character and um I think what you've done for Man United um as a leader and and as a person I suppose that um, and even for Ireland that look why should we settle for second best or mm-hmm. why should we accept that we're going to lose or- that little thing, I suppose, six of me is like why. Sh- same with Lay, like oh, why should we not get the best or Why should we not win the Ireland? It's why it's yeah. because other teams deserve yeah. it more. No, they don't like. Yeah. So it's about can you change that mindset? And I think he is that mindset. So I definitely talked to him about something like that. Um, I think and and how he probably changed the perception around. Um, I know United were winning at the time and when he came in, but um, I suppose with the Ireland thing as well, like they went to the World Cup when when he was captain and stuff. So. Um, when you look at the team there, they're obviously struggling a little bit. So, um, I'd like to think what he'd do if he was going into the into the restroom now as a player and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think he'd be interesting to have a, have a dinner.
0: Absolutely. Final question before I let you go: If your life was a book, what chapter would this be called?
1: Um, I, I thought about this one actually uh, for a good while, and it's it's a brilliant question um, and one that probably threw me a little bit. It was, it was it's a it's a good question. Um, I think I'd call it work done, more to do.
0: Okay. Okay, so you're you're now putting that expectation on you for any of the listeners. They'll be, they'll be make sure to watch you over the next couple of years, yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, work done more to do. I think.
0: Brilliant. Look, Sam, thank you so much for your time. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'll be sure to link all of your social media below on the Fast Academy and all your fitness stuff as well. Just thanks for your time. Brilliant. And I just want to wish you the very best of luck next year and beyond.
1: Thank you all. I appreciate that. Enjoyed that. Thank you
0: big thank you to sam for joining me today i really enjoyed our chat and i hope you got something from it i'll be sure to leave all of his social media links in the description box below including the fast academy website if you are listening on other podcasts please do take 10 seconds out of your day to leave a rating and a review as it does help the show grow don't forget to check out the brand new website thesideonlive.com for more content thank you so much for listening and i'll catch you in the next one